This is episode 179 of the e-commerce coffee break podcast. Today I have Monty McCallum of borderbuddy.com with me on the show and we talk about how you can ship your products into Canada with no surprises. So let's get right into it. This is the e-commerce coffee break. A top-rated Shopify growth podcast dedicated to Shopify merchants and business owners looking to grow their online stores. Learn how to survive in the fast-changing e-commerce world with your host, Klaus Lauter, and get marketing advice you can't find on Google. Welcome, welcome, welcome to, to the, the show. show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the e-commerce Coffee Break podcast. For a lot of U.S. merchants, they are aware that there is a huge market just north of them. There's about 35 million Canadians waiting to buy products, but a lot of merchants shy away because of customs, trade matters, high brokerage rates, import fees. So it can be quite complicated, actually, to get your shipment into Canada. There is a solution for that, and we want to talk about that today. So on the show today, as a guest, I have Monty McCallum. He is the innovation lead of borderbody.com, and he's working for over 20 years in the field of customs, international trade. He has worked previously for the freight network where he provided expertise on customs and international trade matters. So he's a perfect person to talk to, and I would like to welcome him to the show. Hi, Monty. How are you today? Hey, Klaus. Thanks for having me. I'm great. Monty, as I said, border crossing with shipments is not the easiest task. A lot of smaller, medium enterprises shy away from that because they want to avoid the red tape and all the complications that can come with it. Now, tell me a little bit, what makes it so difficult to get shipments from the U.S. into Canada? There are a number of complicating factors, but I'll start at the core couple. And one would be the idea that everything that comes into the country needs to be categorized by the government. And so they want to know what's coming in. And there's literally more than 15,000 categories. Often it's referred to HS codes or tariff codes, but there's more than 15,000 of them. Sort of start off with the idea of understanding what's coming from the government's perspective is a complicated one. Then if you follow that through, it's then how do we actually get it to somebody in a cost-effective manner? As things have progressed, as e-commerce has grown, the Small parcel carriers, the UPSs, DHLs of the world have done a great job at incorporating customs into their delivery networks. However, there's always room for improvement. And currently, the way things are configured, the majority of small parcel delivery companies will offer a COD type of solution where the truck shows up, they ask for payment for customs duties. And there is a really negative effect on the brand, for the customer. In fact, there's more than 25% of the shipments that show up in Canada are COD, if you will. So that experience isn't great. And then lastly, on the complicated side is if you do use a small parcel carrier, their customs brokerage team, often what they'll do is charge a little bit differently on every shipment that shows up. I want to go a little bit deeper in there. You said there's these 15,000 different categories where I think that's where a lot of merchants already have a problem to assign their products to all these or to a category or more than one category. And then you need to have an expertise on the custom rules and depending on what the product is, it goes even deeper. So where do you see merchants struggle the most 
with? Is it the paperwork? Is it finding the right carrier? What's the biggest problem? Some of the platforms such as Shopify where we're living with our app is they bump into how to configure the shipping properly and they are not understood of the transparency problem, right? Recently, Shopify did drop an update that allows you to inject duties and taxes at time of checkout, which is great. But then those don't necessarily line up to what the carriers are charging because they'll overclassify against what you expect it to be on your store. And so those difference in maybe the duty, the taxes are usually the same, but there's an application of duty that also gets involved. So again, the complications around the types of charges, whole piece is now technically catching up. However, there's a disconnect because it's not an integrated solution, right? So it's not pre-calculated and understood of what the product is before the transaction happens. And that's where one of the heavy lifts that we do. I hope that answered your question. Absolutely. It's a very sensitive part of the buying process. If you think you pay one price and at the end of the day, it is a different price that you then really get charged to. And in regards of customer lifetime and recurring purchases, people might shy, shy away. So as you said, with BorderBuddy.com, you have found a solution to that problem. How does that work? First of all, BorderBuddy is a customs broker inherently. We have different lanes of business. Anyone that wants to import anything into both Canada and the U.S., we can help them. We also work with freight brokers and freight forwarders as the back end of their holistic solution where we can provide customs brokerage for them. But in the case of e-commerce, we have an integrated Shopify app that will predict the accurate amount for duties, taxes, and shipping at the time of checkout. It takes five to 10 minutes to install our app and get it going. And after that, the customer will see the person coming on buying. We'll get the option for three different services, standard ground, express, and expedited. Bundled in there is everything, taxes, brokerage, all the cross-border charges. So then they can make a decision on what that looks like. They choose the shipping service because it's all bundled together. They pay for it. We'll deliver a DDP or a duty deliver paid label to the shipper, including a commercial invoice. So it's all bundled up nicely in that fulfillment pack. So that whoever's shipping it doesn't have to produce more documentation or get into creating specific terms labels. And then the customer doesn't see any surprise charges on the other end, and the merchant doesn't get any charges after the fact that don't align with what was charged to the customer. Okay. So basically you do all the paperwork, gets created in the background, the merchant just prints it out, puts it with the product, and then it gets shipped out and arrives mm -hmm. in Canada. How does it work with Canadian dollars and US dollars are slightly different? How does that work or how does that show up in the Shopify for a US merchant? It's all dictated by the Shopify technology, however they've set up the store. So if it comes through in Canadian dollars, we can then apply it against that ratio. Whatever the value ratio is at the time of sale, and then we push it in against that currency. We do a currency exchange at the time of the declaration. There's no real complications from the customer's perspective on that one. Because if the transaction is in US dollars, we collect in US dollars. And then it's all apples to apples, if you will. The currency lines up when we push it into the declaration in the Canadian customs there. Okay. How does it go with tracking? At which points in the product journey will you track what happens when? At the time the order is created or, and paid for, 
that triggers our service to generate labels, commercial invoices. And then the fulfillment exercise happens where the packages are completed, the labels are attached, commercial invoices attached, handed off to the carrier. As soon as the carrier scans it, we listen for the scan on that tracking pin. And then we'll push a fulfillment notice back into the store. So traditionally inside Shopify, when an order is shipped using the Shopify shipping service, it'll mark it as fulfilled as soon as the label is generated. And it may not be actually true, right? The item might not be packaged where we actually listen to when the carrier has picked it up and it's in the actual shipping network. At that moment, we then start the declaration process. There's no sense starting the declaration process before that. So from a tracking perspective, we really lean on the carriers tracking it. And there's been no sideways interruption on that. In fact, the carriers are good at identifying third-party customs brokers. And so it'll say it's been handed off to a third-party customs broker and it just sequences for whatever the carriers are producing the statuses. One thing that happens quite often, specifically in e-commerce, are returns for what reasons ever. Now, we need to get the product back into the US, so that complicates matters quite a bit. How can you help with that? That's not a problem we bump into too much. We don't have a returns application. It's not part of our solution. However, all of the merchants that use our app are US-based merchants that ship into Canada, right? The returns applications that they may employ would most likely work into. However, the overarching issue with getting products back into the US, one is the shipping cost. So it's truly a, needs to be a business decision for the merchants on uh, identifying, is it like, are we better off just to ship something new to the customer and let them have it. I've seen Wayfair do this in the past where they don't bother with all the exercise and the cost and just ship something new. That's a business decision. However, coming back into the US, there's something called de minimis that will allow items under $800 to clear without much hoopla, if you will. There's not a lot of formal documentation that goes on with it. Carriers are very good at handling this. So we don't bump into that side of it too much. Now, we're talking about, and you touched a little bit on the cost structure. When does it really make sense for a merchant to ship into Canada? Correct me if I'm wrong. If you have some cheap Chinese dropshipping products you want to send that over, does that make financially sense or does it only make sense if you have higher priced items? I just talked about de minimis under 800. We have customers actually that ship $1,700 lights. We also have customers that send $23 batteries. And so we see quite a range and What's interesting about the Canadian consumer is that we don't have access to the selection in Canada. And so often we're looking for things that we're super passionate about or really need that we can't get. And so there's actually more inherent value that we're willing to pay the dues and taxes for because our own personal desire is really going after it. So there's a really individualistic sort of value play there. I don't think we've shipped anything under $20. I would say our average order value is probably around 150 bucks. So the point that you mentioned there, that Canadians are basically happy to pay more because of right. the selection. So there's a huge market there of really motivated buyers that basically should also motivate US merchants to look more in the Canadian market. Now, tell me a little bit about the cost structure of WaterBuddy. How do you charge? We charge $15 for the declaration, so handling the submission to customs on every order. And that's built into the shipping and the tax and the number, the price of that shipping that's presented 
at the time of checkout. So it's a flat fee every time. It's then easy for the merchant to calculate. And from a merchant's perspective, never will they see a charge hit their bottom line. And one of the things that I think is important to point out is that with the movement of Amazon and Prime, it's really pushed this urgency or this idea that we need to ship everything for free in two days. And so I think that as we move away from that, or as we get normalized to it, even Amazon themselves shipping from the US to Canada right now are now showing in checkout at times, depending on how it's being fulfilled, they're showing cross-border charges on top of it. We're slowly coming away from that. And what we realized is that merchants need to get back to the idea of healthy margins, not at risk of and playing and shipping. And so it's a perfect opportunity to correlate the two, right? Canadians specifically want something and they're willing to pay the freight to get it here. We're not flowing with dollars coming out of our pockets by any stretch, but we're passionate about the certain things that we like. And I think if we can get it, we're willing to pay for it. You're 100% right. I agree on that one. Now, you said the Shopify app to install is relatively straightforward and goes very quickly. But is there any kind of homework or training that the merchant needs to do to operate that? I can imagine that some merchants might not want to sell all of the products they have to Canada, but only selected ones. How does that work? There's a few nuances there, right? I bring up our battery merchant again, and they weren't able to send their products express because it can't go in a plane, right? There are some interesting nuances and we're happy to help work through that one by one. But I would say every merchant needs to have a Canada shipping zone set up in the back of their store specifically for Canada. And recently Shopify's update was that in within markets, you need to have Canada turned on so that buyers can actually choose Canada as a country. So those are two pieces of homework that are required. The third would be is that Shopify also requires third-party shipping and carrier calculated rates to be turned on. And this is a feature that only comes standard with advanced and basic customers do get it if they pay for an annual subscription. And so the, it's been a real sore point for us and our merchants that are on the basic account that are really excited to get on board. And then they have to call up Shopify chat. Hey, we paid for the annual subscription already. Can you turn it on? So we've got some scripting and I do help people do that. But those are the three areas from a homework perspective per se. Okay. Okay, sounds good. Now, where can people find out more about borderbuddy.com? We've at borderbuddy.com slash e-commerce. We've got everything about the app and some tricks of the trade, as well as a link directly to download our app inside the Shopify app store. So we do live inside the Shopify app store for merchants. It's a publicly available app. I will put the links in the show notes and you just want to click away and then people can reach out to you directly if they have any That's questions. That's great. Yeah, no, for sure. Thanks so much for giving us the overview. I think there's a huge opportunity there for a lot of US merchants to open the Canadian market for them and get the products to a wider audience. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you, Klaus. And that's a wrap for this episode. I hope you found today's episode informative and actionable. As a reminder, we have a growing community of e-commerce professionals where you can share your insights, ask questions and learn from other merchants. If you're interested in joining, please visit our website at ecommercecoffeebreak.com and sign up for the community. And don't forget to subscribe, rate and review our podcast to stay updated on the latest marketing trends and strategies for Shopify e-commerce merchants. See you next time.